we took off and got, you know, started climbing altitude and, and the, uh, uh, they pulled up the landing gears. You know, you can, you can feel that. And I looked at him, I said, uh-oh. <laughs> he said, what, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a we, yeah we had a good time amen yeah and I thank the Lord for it. yeah <laughs> I had a little fun on his part amen and uh, and uh, uh, we had a good time in Scotland I praise the Lord that he was able to go and I want to say this I appreciate the church helping him go and uh, what a blessing that was <clears throat> and uh, we had a tremendous time and I thank God for it Mark chapter number six tonight Mark chapter number six. And uh, you pray the Lord to help us this evening, and uh, pray that God give us what we need. Mark chapter number six, and uh, Mark chapter number six. We should pray for my wife this evening. She is, uh, Brother Pierce, you know all about what I'm about to say, but she is struggling with kidney stones, and uh, she is. Uh, 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 she passed one earlier this week, and uh, she's still in quite a bit of pain. I think she's still got a couple more to. Uh, to uh, pass through. So pray for her if you would. I talked to her today. She said she had a rough day. And uh, so I wish you'd ask the Lord to touch her and give her strength and just help her. I'd appreciate that. Mark chapter number 6, when you find your place, would invite you to stand as we read the Word of God. Mark chapter number 6. And uh, Mark chapter number 6. And look in verse number 30. Mark Mark chapter 6 and verse number 30. And we'll, we'll read several verses this evening, Mark 6 and verse 30. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye up yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. And there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately, and the people, let me stop and say this, that desert place means a secluded place. Amen. Now what we're going to see here in just a moment, they, the disciples made these multitudes sit down on the green grass. And I heard somebody say that was part of the miracle that Jesus created grass in the desert. But that's, that's, not a de- that's not talking about a dry, parched, it's talking about a secluded place. Amen. It's around the Sea of Galilee, very green uh, and vegetation, so, so so get that out of your mind, all right? The Bible said in verse number 33, And the people saw them departing, and, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and out went them, <clears throat> and came together unto him. When G- and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were, were as sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and break and blessed the loaves. 
and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent the multitude uh, sent uh, while he sent away the people. And when he, he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in the house of God this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your kindness, Lord. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, God, for the good songs of Zion. Lord, I just appreciate, uh, Lord, the opportunity, God, to be in church, and God, just to be able to worship you tonight, Lord, and I thank you for that. And I pray you'd help us now, God. You know the needs of our hearts, and I ask you, Lord, that you would help us. God, I pray that you would make preaching easy tonight. Lord, I pray you'd bring to my mind remembrance the words, God, that needs to be said. And, Lord, I pray for a divine touch, God, that only you can give. Help your people tonight, Lord, I pray. Lord, help Brother Stroud as he comes in a little while and preaches to us. Lord, I pray you'd touch him. Lord, just help us. God, we need your help this evening. And I pray, God, please work in our hearts, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. The Bible said in this uh, chapter, of course, it's a very familiar text, but in verse number 51, the Bible tells us, And and, uh, he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. And so the Bible's very clear here when they saw Jesus walking on the water that they were amazed in what they said. Matter of fact, the Bible says this, that they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. And so when they saw Jesus walking on the sea, they were amazed at what they saw. When he caused the wind to cease, they were amazed and wondered at what had just taken place. Now, I can understand why they would be amazed. I mean, can you imagine what they had just witnessed? They're in a storm, and they've saw Jesus walking upon the water, and uh, he comes into the ship, and the wind ceased. What an amazing uh, miracle this is when Jesus not only walks on the water, but again, uh, listen, causes the wind to cease. And here's another miracle where Jesus demonstrates his authority and his power over nature, and that the fact that he walks upon the water, and again, uh, listen, he commands the winds and the sea. But the Bible said that they were amazed and beyond they were amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondering again, I could understand why they would be so amazed. However, verse number 52 indicates, uh, uh, listen, that they should not have been amazed. They should not have wondered 
because of what they saw. The Bible says in verse 51, for they, what, they, they, they so amazed and obsessed beyond measure and wonder, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. So the fact that they were amazed, the fact that they uh, were astonished at what they witnessed was caused by the fact that they considered not the miracle of the loaves that they'd just previously been involved in. And with all that in mind, I want to preach this, this for a few moments this evening on this thought. I want to preach on don't forget the bread. Amen. Don't forget the bread. Now, that's what's happening here. They're in this storm. And again, uh, it's, they just, they're just uh, soon removed from the miracle of the loaves where Jesus takes five loaves and two fishes and feeds the multitude. And uh, they're amazed in the storm when Jesus comes walking on water. But again, however, they should not have been because the miracle they had just left was far greater than the miracle of him walking upon the water. I mean, walking on the water is amazing. I mean, none of us ever done that before. And uh, listen, telling the wind uh, to cease is an amazing miracle. But if you study the Bible, you'll find that this miracle of the loaves was a far greater miracle than that of walking upon the water. And, and the Bible said the reason they were wandered is because they consider. Now that word consider, uh, it, it, it really means understand, has the idea that they understood not the miracle of the loaves. I want to give you a few things about this and I'll be done. Let's look back at this miracle of the loaves that he's speaking of. And I want you to notice, first of all, the miracle of the bread here that he mentions. Notice in verse number 34, the affection of our Lord. In verse number, now, uh, what we find is happening is these, these men are tired. They've been much about the Lord's ministry. They've been uh, involved in the work of God, and they're, they're tired. They're exhausted. And so the Lord saw that in them and knew they needed a time of rest. And so the Bible tells us that he pulls them apart. And uh, they departed, verse 32, into a desert place by the ship. The reason they done that is because he intended for those men to get some physical, some much needed physical rest. However, the rest got interrupted because the Bible said in verse number 33, when the people saw them departed and many knew him and ran a foot thither out of all the cities and outwent them and came together unto them, unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. And so they intended to rest, but again, the rest got interrupted. And they come out and see this multitude. We'll learn in a moment. The Bible tells us in this text that there's 5,000 men. Matthew's gospel says there's 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And so there is a great multitude has come out. And Jesus looks over that crowd and, and he is moved with compassion upon them. Now we'll find in, the many, in a moment that the disciples were not too compassionate on this crowd. As a matter of fact, they, they asked the Lord to send them away. They asked the Lord to uh, let them depart and go buy food. And they were, why? Because they were tired. You know, can I say this? The disciples oftentimes were very critical of those men, but you must understand they were physically exhausted at this point. And no doubt they needed rest. And no doubt, listen, there was something on the inside probably that was upset that the rest got interrupted. 
But Jesus looked upon that crowd and instead of being angry or upset how that things didn't work out exactly like they had planned, he simply was moved with compassion. He saw a multitude, the Bible tells us in verse number 34, and he was moved with compassion toward them because they were sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Jesus, uh, his heart goes out to these people, and he's moved with compassion toward them. So we see his affection for this crowd. Amen. Amen. But I want you to notice in this miracle, the bread, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. I want you to notice the ability of our Lord. Amen. Now I said there a moment ago that this miracle of the bread, this miracle of the loaves, was a greater miracle than Jesus walking on the water. As a matter of fact, this miracle of the loaves was probably the greatest miracle in the ministry of our Lord apart from the resurrection. I want to say this, this is the only miracle that is mentioned in all four Gospels. And it's referenced, I think, nine times in the four Gospels. It's referenced more than any miracle that he ever performed. Oftentimes, Jesus pointed these men back to this specific miracle. And when I think about that this is the only miracle, this miracle of the loaves, that it's the only miracle that is mentioned in all four Gospels, I begin to think about the miracles that are not covered in all four Gospels. This walking on the water is not covered in all four Gospels. How do you think about we looked this morning at when Jesus turned the water to wine. That's only mentioned in the Gospel of John. You think about Lazarus. How he raised Lazarus from the dead four days later and showed up right on time and raised him from... I mean, what an amazing demonstration of the power of God that Jesus shows up after a man's been dead for four days and raises him from the dead and and listen you think about the leper where he healed the ten lepers you think about the man born of four was let down through the roof and we could look over and over and over at the miracles of our Lord and I want to say that listen of all the miracles and all the demonstration of his authority and his power this is the only miracle that is covered in all four gospels and so can I say this, God placed a, uh, he placed this miracle uh, in a prominent position above all other miracles in his ministry. Amen. My question when I see the fact that this, there's more emphasis placed on this miracle than any miracle in all your Bible or in all the ministry of Christ, I want to say, listen, my mind, I automatically ask the question, why? Why is this miracle mentioned more than any other miracle? Well, there's two or three reasons for that. And I want to say, number one, that it is different than any miracle in Jesus' ministry. Almost all of his miracles, not all, but almost all of the miracles of Christ were miracles of restoration. He restored things back to the way it was before. Amen. Uh, listen, he restored health. When we think about the lepers, when we think about the blind, when we think about the lame, he restored their health. Even when he uh, causes the wind to cease, what did he do? He restored the calm back that was there before. When he raised the dead, what is that? That is a miracle of restoration. Amen. He restored life back 
back into those individuals. And so most of the miracles of Christ were miracles of restoration. However, this miracle of the loaves was a miracle of creation. Amen. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and fed a multitude. Now again, the Bible said in this text, there's 5,000 men. Matthew says, not counting the women and the children. So most commentators will say that there's most likely around fifteen to 20,000 people that are present in this miracle. And so Jesus takes five loaves and two fishes and feeds possibly 20,000 people. What that means is this. That means that Jesus created, if it's 20,000 people now, and everybody got two fishes, that means Jesus created 40,000 fish that had never been in the sea. Amen. And then, listen, five loaves, if everybody got five loaves, that mean, and there's 20,000 people, that means Jesus created 100,000 barley loaves of bread from barley that had never been in the ground. From bread that had never been, from dough that had never been in the oven. How to listen, Jesus, how works a miracle of creation and he simply creates something out of nothing. Amen. Now, 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 what's interesting about this, notice what your Bible said in verse number 42. The Bible said they did all eat and were filled. Now, if every man or every individual got five loaves and two fishes, that was the numbers that I give you. But it does not say that everybody got five loaves and two fishes. It says that everybody eat till they were filled. What do we know about five loaves and two fishes? According to John 6, that is the lunch of a little lad. Now, I really believe that some of us could eat more than a lad. Amen. And so the Bible says that every man eat till he was filled. And so this does, everybody didn't get five loaves and two fishes, but everybody got enough until they was full. Somebody may have eaten 10 pieces of fish, and some may have eaten 20 barley loaves. Whatever it took to make them full is what they got. Lord, isn't it amazing? He took that meal and Taylor fitted it to every individual, and he was personal with all those thousands of people and gave them a personal meal that filled them individually. And so it was a powerful miracle of creation. So we could say that it's very possible that Jesus could have created 60 to 80 or even 100,000 fish that had never been in the sea. It was a miracle of creation. Amen. Now watch this. This miracle, not only is it a miracle of creation, but it was witnessed by more people than any miracle. Most miracles that Christ performed, some of them it was just his men, just the disciples. Uh, some of them it was just, uh, uh, remember when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. It's just Peter, James, and John and that, that little girl's parents. That's all that is in the room that witnessed that miracle. But here on this hillside, there's probably twenty to 25,000 people that watch the Creator at work. Amen. Now, you know what's interesting? Now, now, stay with me. This is what's interesting. Nobody ever witnessed creation. Amen. 
Now we, we know what happened because we have the account in the Word of God. God inspired Moses to pen uh, what happened in the account of creation. But there was not an eyewitness of the creative power of our Lord. Amen. But here in this, in this miracle, on this hillside, there was probably 20,000 people that witnessed uh, how the creative power of God. Amen. Hey, listen, and there was no doubt in their mind that he was the creator, that he was the prophet that Moses spoke of. And so it was a, it was a miracle of creation. Amen. But not only was it a miracle of creation, it was a miracle of participation. No other miracle, no other miracle had this level of participation as this miracle did. As a matter of fact, I don't know that Jesus asked his disciples to be a part of any miracle. Now this morning we looked at where he turned the water to wine, but it was the servants that filled the water pots up, and the disciples were onlookers, and you could go on and on. He raised the dead. Nobody helped him, and they had Listen, but here in this miracle, he allowed the disciples to have a part. He created the fish, and he created the bread, and gave it to them, and then them to the people. Amen. So could you imagine on this hillside, they literally took fish and bread from the hands of the creator. Amen. Amen. I want to say this. Listen, I mean, it, it could have been that they were feeding the multitude. And I don't know. I don't really know how all this miracle worked. I don't know if he created a whole bunch and filled a basket full and give to each disciple. And they just, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it was like the, uh, the woman with the meal barrel. Maybe he emptied his hands and when they come back they had more. I don't know how it happened. Amen. It implies, in the, if you read the four Gospels, it implies that he broke the fish and the bread and he just kept breaking and kept breaking and kept breaking and kept breaking. Could you imagine those disciples as they're, as they're distributing that food, looking around to each other and said, listen, I don't know where he keeps getting that bread at. I don't know where he keeps getting that fish at. But he just keeps making it. He just keeps creating it. And they literally, listen, from the hand of the Creator, amen, we see the ability of our Lord. Amen. What a miracle. Amen. And can I just stop and say this? Uh, friend, if he can do that, if he can feed a hungry multitude with five loaves and two fishes, there's no problem in our life that he cannot handle. He is the God of all creation. He is able to do all things above and exceedingly. We can even think or ask. Amen. So notice the ability, but notice the abundance. Amen. You know this, verse number 43. And the Bible said they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. Not only was the multitudes fed until they were filled, but then they took up 12 baskets full of fragments. Amen. Baskets full. Amen. In other words, Jesus didn't, just didn't do enough, but he done more than enough. Amen. He just didn't provide them with a little, but he gave them a lot. Amen. He gave them more than they could ever eat at one seat. He done exceedingly and abundantly above all that they could. They started out with five loaves and two fishes, and after the multitude was twelve, they fed. They had twelve baskets full. Amen. In abundance. So we see the miracle of the bread. Amen. 
But don't you notice that this takes the misery in the boat. Now, they leave the miracle. Verse number 45. The Bible said, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get in the ship and to go to the other side before him, the Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And so Jesus, after the miracle, as soon as the miracle is completed, he constrains his disciples to get in a ship and to go to the other side. The Bible tells us in verse number in verse number 47, and when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. And he alone on the land, he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. Now we know this, we know that, if you read the other accounts, that they soon encountered a storm, amen. Or at least the wind got so, uh, uh, so great that it overpowered them. We know that, amen. But I want to say the timing of this uh, this misery here in this boat, it, it occurred after a great miracle. Amen. Isn't it amazing after the greatest demonstration of the power of God that they'd ever witnessed and the greatest miracle that they'd ever saw in their life, as soon as they left that miracle, uh, they entered into a great storm. Amen. And when I saw that, I thought how many times in our life, does, does it life just happens like that? I mean, you come out of a revival meeting where God moves in a mighty way, and you'll get some help, and it seems like the next next week, how it seems like everything falls apart, or maybe God will answer a big prayer and do something. Listen, just do something great and grand in your life, and a few days later, you get bad news, or everything falls apart. It's seemingly, oftentimes, after a great mountaintop, there is a great valley, and so these disciples, as soon as they left the greatest miracle that they had ever seen, have found themselves in another storm. Amen. Uh, they're, they're in a storm. But you know what's interesting? Uh, they were in the will of God. Amen. He constrained them to get in the ship and to go to the other side. They were obedient to what he asked them to do. That word constrained in verse number 45, it implies that they did not want to go. But he had to constrain them. He had to urge them to get in that ship. I don't believe I'd want to leave him after that miracle neither. Amen. And so he, but them in their obedience get in the ship. And as soon as they leave his presence, listen, a storm arises. Now you know that this, ain't, this is not the first storm that these disciples have been in even in uh, their time in following the Lord. As a matter of fact, in chapter number 4, Jesus constrains them to get in the ship and to go to the other side. But I, can I say the difference in this storm? is that the last time Jesus was on the boat, but this time he is not with them. And so here they are alone in the boat. And no doubt they felt like just like that, that he had left them alone, that he had sent them into trouble. And uh, that no doubt they were distressed and, and troubled and scared because he was not with them. Amen. And I believe if you study this, I ain't got time to deal with it all. But if you study, by the time they get in that storm, it's dark. So they can't see. Amen. It's dark. And I will say, not only is he not with them, they have no idea where, where he is. Because they'd made that, that multitude to sit down in companies of fifties and hundreds. And Jesus went back to dis, dismiss that crowd. 
And I can't help but think that he dismissed them in 50s and 100s. You say, why is that? Because it would have been chaotic to tell 20,000 people just to leave. And we know that he is a God of order, amen. And he, there was a purpose for making them sit down in companies. It was to make the feeding easier, but it was also to make the departing easier, amen. So it took a while to send 20,000 people away. And then as soon as he sends the people away, he goes up on a mountain to pray. So in other words, listen, he is not where they left him at. He is not in the place that he was in the last time they saw him. So it's dark. They have no idea where he is. They're in a storm. They're all alone. <clears throat> listen, and no doubt they were afraid at what was going on around them. Amen. The time and the trouble. Verse number 48 the Bible said he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. Now what's interesting is that Jesus told them in, in, in verse number 45 to go, to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. John's gospel says unto Capernaum. Now, and so how do you, how do you, how do you uh, uh, what's he saying preacher? Well, listen, he's, basically he's telling them to go to a specific place region to a specific area location amen but but I want to say if you look at where this took place at and where he told them to go all they had to do was get on that ship and just kind of skirt around the top edge of the sea of Galilee but the Bible tells us that they were in the midst of the sea so the wind had completely blew them off course they were not where they started they were not where they intended to be. They were completely off course. And they've only went two or three miles. And they're not, they have made no progress. It's like they're stuck in the middle of the sea. And there's absolutely nothing they can do about the position that they find themselves in. Amen. You know what? And I've always had in my mind. I've always had in my mind that when, when, when they got in this storm that pretty soon after they encountered the storm, that Jesus come walking on the water. But that's not how it happened. Matter of fact, if you study the, 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 the watches of the night, when he told them to get on the ship, it was an even, the first watch. And he never came to them until the fourth watch. And so they had been in this ship for possibly nine hours before he came to them. So nine hours of fighting the storm. Now it may not sound like a whole lot, but when you're in a storm and it's dark and you don't have no idea where you're at and you listen, you're, you're, you're lost and you're off track and you're confused and you're concerned and you're worried and you don't know what to do and for nine hours you're fighting and toiling and rowing just trying to stay afloat but you're not making any progress and it seems like you're just going around in circles. That's where these men find themselves at. Could you imagine how tired they had to be? Notice the tenderness in, in verse number... In this, I don't have time to preach all this. The Bible said in verse number 46, And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Now they don't know what he's doing. But you know what he's doing? He's praying. Amen. And I don't know what all he's praying about, but I can't help but think he's praying for them. Amen. They can't see him, 
but he is praying for them. Amen. Then the Bible tells us in verse number 48, he saw them toiling and rowing. He, know, he knew exactly where they were. They had no idea where he is, but he knew exactly where they are. Matter of fact, he, they are not where he told them to be. He, they were not where they started. They're off track, but he knew the exact spot that they were in. He saw them through the darkness. Amen. And I'm glad when, he, when I can't see him. I'm glad he sees me. Amen. Notice, notice, not only, not only that, but notice the Bible said in verse number 48, and the wind was contrary to them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them. Now, you remember the last storm. He's asleep in the hinder pot. And they go to him and say, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind. But in this storm, they cannot go to him. They don't know where he is. They're stuck in the, on the sea. Hey, listen, they cannot get to where he is. But when they could not get to him, he came to where they were. Amen. And can I just say I'm glad sometimes when I feel like I'm stuck and I can't get to him. I'm glad he comes to where I am. Hey, listen, when I'm confused and when it's dark and I don't know which way to turn, I'm glad in his compassion that he comes to where I am. Amen. But notice this. Notice the mistake of the brethren. In verse number 51, And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were a sore amazed in themselves beyond measure. Why? For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Now here's what's interesting about that. The miracle of the loaves. Now I don't have time to deal with all of it, but I want to say I think I've given enough proof that it is probably the greatest miracle. Amen. It is the greatest demonstration of power. Uh, listen, and he's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, but nine hours after they left the greatest miracle they'd ever saw, they forgot all about it. Nine hours. I mean, just a few hours. I mean, listen, just a few hours from taking bread from the hand of the Creator. Just a few hours from watching Him do the impossible and feeding all those people. Just a few hours later, they're in a storm. And uh, listen, they have done forgotten the miracle that He worked on the, si- on the shore. Amen. Amen. They, can, they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Nine hours, amen. You know, when I saw that, this is what I thought. I mean, we can be critical of them, but how many times do I get in a storm? How many times does something, something come up in my life? And I forget all about what God done the week before. And I forget all about the prayers God has answered and how many times He's showed up and intervened in my life over and over again. It seems like all I can focus on is what is before me and I forget about how He showed Himself mighty time and time again. And these disciples have forgotten, they have forgotten what He had done. Amen. But the Bible, look at the Bible said in verse 52, they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Here's why. For their heart was hardened. Why? Why was their heart hardened? Well, I want to say it probably it was probably because of the stress. Amen. Because if you back up, remember, they wanted rest. They were physically exhausted. And the people came and began to press. 
And uh, listen, and, 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 and Jesus told them to feed the multitude, and they said, we don't have any bread. So he told them what to do, and they could not do it. Could you imagine? Here they are. They're exhausted physically. Jesus tells them to do something that they cannot do. And uh, they're just absolutely overwhelmed in the situation. And they've allowed that overwhelming situation how to cause them to lose focus when he begins to work. Amen. And then the storm. Amen. They're in a storm. I mean, if Jesus really cared about them like he cared for the multitude, he wouldn't have put them in a storm. I mean, if Jesus really had compassion, listen, and that, 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 that crowd that he fed, you'll go to John's gospel, how they really didn't want him. They just wanted what he could do for them. Amen. That's all they wanted. And so, no doubt in the disciples' mind, they could have been a little jealousy there because Jesus had been good to these others that really didn't want anything to do with him. And here he would put them in a storm. They'd been trying to serve him. They'd been trying to be obedient to him. They'd been trying to follow him. They'd been trying to do everything he said to do. Amen. And the problem is they were focusing on how Jesus was blessing other people. Amen. And they forgot about what he had allowed them to be a part of. Now, if you ain't careful, if I ain't careful tonight, we'll get focused on what God's doing for other people. And we'll thank God. Well, they Listen, they don't deserve what God's doing. or They don't deserve how God's blessing them and wonder why God is not doing it for us or wonder why God's not blessing us or why we're in a storm or why things are not going our way. Amen. They allowed a lot of things to harden their hearts. Amen. And they didn't, they didn't get out of the miracle. Matter of fact, go to chapter number 8. Chapter number 8 and verse number 17. Look at verse number 16. Chapter 8 and verse 16. And when they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, have ye your heart, have ye your heart yet heart, having eyes ye see not, having ears ye hear not, and do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among the five thousands, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they say unto him, twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, seven. Now here's my question. Now, I've heard a lot of preaching on them 12 baskets, boy. Amen. I've heard some that say that boy took them home. And I've heard some say that it was for those 12 disciples. Now, I don't know because the Bible don't say. The Bible just says they took up 12 baskets. Amen. But you would think, if the, it, because it appears that the disciples didn't eat in the miracle. They were working. Amen. And so you would think that Jesus provided their meal at the end of the day. Amen. And so you know what that means? If that's the case, and I'm, not, I'm just saying it, I think it's very possible. That's the, if that's the case, that means them baskets were on that boat. Amen. And so listen, they're in that storm, and there is a testimony 
of the miracle that just left on the ship. But they couldn't see that. All they could see was the trouble they were in. I'm going to tell you something, friend. God will always leave a testimony of what he's done in your life. No matter, how much, how, no matter what you're going through presently, there'll always be a testimony of what he's done before. Amen. Now, I don't know if that bread was on that boat, but I think it's very interesting that Jesus continually reminds them of the basket full of fragments that was taken up. Amen. I just want to say this and I'm done. Listen, I'm glad we can have a good meeting. And no doubt there's been some wonderful preaching this week. And we're going to hear some wonderful preaching still yet. Amen. And probably God, maybe God has helped you and God has uh, given you what you need or maybe God's answered a major prayer for you this week. But next week, it may all fall apart. Amen, you can get a phone call. I could get a phone call. Everything, could, I mean, everything could change in a moment. Amen. And I want to say this, if it does, don't forget what he done. Don't forget what he done in the miracle. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer. I'm going to pray. Preacher, you come. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in church tonight. When I pray you touch our hearts, I pray God in heaven you'd help your people. Lord, just do what only you can do, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.